Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club, and I am joined by Coach Jennifer Harrison, one of your the duo, one of the one of the two of your dynamic duo in your triathlon training programs. Um, good morning, Jen. How are you? Oh, I was. I'm joined good. By Hi, everybody. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. I um, so she is not here on video, um, but she is here on audio and is um, happy to uh, to be here today. How's life in Chicago? Yeah, things are things are good. It's it's everyone's going on spring break. So my kids are all fired up because they're going with their respective friends with parents there. And um, I head out to Arizona on Tuesday for two weeks to run my triathlon camps and to coach the University of Illinois Collegiate Nationals that is at ASU in uh, two weeks. So I have a big weeks coming up. Yeah, you do. So wait, so you you um, you you uh, came out just a little bit. So you are the triathlon coach of the University of Illinois. Yes, I'm the triathlon coach for the University of Illinois. Yeah, I have been for like six years. Okay, so what is it? Is it at Urbana or at what? What's which one? It's at Champagne. So I go to Champagne. I was there Sunday, I think. Yeah, I go to Champagne. There's the UI UICI, you know, University of Illinois Chicago campus, and that, some of those kids are part of the program as well. But okay. I don't usually go into the city. I usually just go to Champagne. Okay. So, and tell us about nationals. Like, is it something that you have to qualify for? Is that something that, um, like, in what what distance are they doing? Yes. So, collegiate nationals, there's two kinds of national championships for college teams, and it gets a little confusing. There's the NCAA, which is only 12, and I could be off by a couple programs, but 12 programs in the entire country, all female-based, um, that competes on the NCAA level. There are no male NCAA teams um, for the collegiate level. And that is because of Title IX. Okay. Um, so until title, until things catch up financially and other things, that's where we stand now. So there's a massive club collegiate team out there, USC, UCLA, all the Big Ten schools, including the University of Illinois, University of Michigan, Northwestern, I mean, Navy, Army, everybody's there. It is the who's who of collegiate racing. And um, it's super competitive. It's just as competitive as, as our age group national championships. Um, so we take the top 25 kids in the program um, okay. to the collegiate nationals. Nice, nice. And is it an Olympic distance race? Yes, Olympic distance race. And there's draft legal. So Friday night, um, I'll have a couple people, not many because of the pro challenges we have in Illinois we, this is the first week we've been able to get on our bikes outside and it's not, you know, it's forties. So we haven't been able to do a lot of draft legal. So unless they're super advanced, I don't really let them do draft legal. Okay. Um, so draft legal on Friday night, which is an Olympic and then normal non-drafting Olympic uh, men and women on Saturday at different times. All right. Wow. Well, good luck. That's kind of, that's exciting. So you, you do have a big two weeks in front of you with your camp and then, and then the nationals. Awesome. Yes, thank you. Well, good. Well, let's let's scale it back, or we're not scale it back, but di uh, bring the focus back to our mother runner triathletes. Um, we have a couple people joining us here today. Um, so if you guys have questions during the broadcast, um, you can raise your hand, or you can also um, uh, type in a question under the chat feature, and we'd be happy to answer it that that way. Or you can, I can unmute you, and you can talk to Coach Jen. Um, I also have a bunch of questions that I've kind of called from the Facebook page, as well as some current ones that have been asked as well. And I feel like swimming is something that we need to talk about um, because uh, we are still, like you said, it's in the forties in Chicago, the pools are still readily available. So maybe, you know, 
riding outside isn't an option. If you're running outside, you might be running in some weather that probably is not triathlon weather. Um, you know, it's not kind of the kind of race rather you're going to race in. So it's still a really good time right now. Still, the focus on your swimming is that is that kind of um, would you agree, Jen? Yes, it's a great. It's always a great time to work on your swimming, in my opinion. But yeah. um, yes, yes, we're still in the pool at this time of the year. Some of you that are listening that live in warmer climates, you know, I coach people in Australia and stuff. Obviously, they're in open water. But um, yeah, good time to focus on swimming and a really good time to, you know, start to transition to doing some of the open water skills in the pool. You'll see in the train like mother triathlon program, we included some sighting drills and some other stuff to kind of start getting people ready to get into the open water. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, so here are some, um, here's some questions about um, swimming. I mean, one of the things is Teresa was talking about struggling with confidence um, in, in her swimming. Um, so first let's talk about the mental side of swimming and then let's talk about some physical aspects of how to become a better swimmer. But if, Swimming is something that you struggle with mentally. Um, how do you, what are some ideas about getting, um, a, feeling a little bit stronger about yourself in the pool and even motivating to get into the pool when you know that it's not your strongest event? Sure, I think um, I think the motivation is tough at this time of the year because it's dark and cold or still kind of dark and cold and everyone kind of goes to the pool. But remember, one of the benefits of being part of the Train Like a Mother Club is you have specific workout to accomplish. I think where people go wrong in the swimming pool in triathlon is they just go to the swimming pool and just get in and swim. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to swim a thousand straight or 30 laps or however people count their stuff. And, and, and really... It, you know, there's just no benefit to doing to doing that. That is what the open water will be for. And once you guys can get into open water, you can, can transition to a little bit more steady state swimming, we call it. But use the workouts and 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 have those be your goals. You know, have those be like be excited to swim. I remember when um, I I grew up swimming, but I took a while off of swimming and then I got into open water and I was absolutely terrified of the open water. I thought, this is so stupid. I'm in the open water with fish and who knows, God knows what else is in this water. There is no way I'm going to stay in this water. Um, and it's a lot different transitioning from the pool to the open water. Um, and frankly, it's hard. The open water is obviously way, way harder. So one of the things I had to have a talk with about myself back in those days, granted, I do respect the fact that I, you know, was a swimmer, but remember, it's a different, in my opinion, it's a totally different sport. So I had to talk to myself and say, and make myself love it. Say, I love swimming. I love swimming. It was kind of mind over matter. I had to really have a mantra in my head to say, I like it. I like it. I like it. Instead of always beating myself up about it. And mm -hmm. once I, once I, you know, once I kind of accepted it and loved it, then I became a really good open water swimmer and I look forward to it. It's not like I get up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to jump into the cold lake in the dark. Oh, not in the dark. I don't swim in the dark, but cold, kind of dark, you know, the sun rises. Sure. You have to do it in the morning or because of boat traffic, but I'm telling you, it's all mind over matter. So if you, you know, you're sitting around, you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's cold, it's dark, it's raining, blah, blah, blah. Well, the workout's going to be crap because that's all you're thinking about. So you really have to, you really have to trick, trick your mind or tr mm -hmm. tell your mind that you like it and that you're excited to do it and your body will follow. Okay, great. 
Great. Um, well, and and um, and one of the things that um, I think is important, and I think it's come up a couple times, is making sure that you work on technique. And you guys have been great. You and Liz have been great. Um, people have put their videos up of them um, swimming, and you know they get either a lifeguard or what they call their junior coaches, their kids, to take videos of them swimming. And you guys give them some really great technique points to think about. Um, if that isn't an option for them. Um, I mean, how do you find someone to help you with your technique in, in the place you live? I mean, because swimming is so technique-based. Yeah, so one of the ways you can do that is if you are, especially in some of the rural areas where there's not as many uh, people and coaches around, get on the USMS website. So that's the uh, United, basically the United States Masters Swimming. Mm -hmm. So you can Google United States Masters Swimming. And okay. in there, there's a whole catalog of all the coaches in your area. And for some of you, you may have to drive 30, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour to find a good coach that's on there. But the coach doesn't have to be triathlon specific. You're ultimately looking for a really good swim coach. Even if they coach kids, it's all it's all the same, really, sure. um, kids, adults. So that's what I would do. I would try to find somebody that – I would try to find somebody that um, – can give you some swim pointers and some swim tips if you can. Okay, through the through the master's um, website. I mean, the other way, you know, you can also um, Google, like, in a, if you are in not such a rural area, but, I mean, adult swimming classes um, and see who that coach is and maybe pull them off to the side and see if they would, you know, be interested in doing a couple private lessons with you. I mean, the biggest thing is rapport, right? Um, there was a couple, there was some chatter on the Facebook page about, not necessarily, you know, if there's a coach that's saying you're doing really well, you're doing really well, and you're not necessarily getting any faster or feeling more efficient in the water, that's probably not the right fit for you, right? Correct. I mean, swimming, every time you swim, you should focus on usually just one thing, one, maybe two things in the entire swim. What happens is what people do wrong is that they go to the swimming pool and they have a list of, you know, five or six things that they're, they need areas of improvement and then they're trying to focus on all of it and then they get in their own head and then they're having a breakdown in the pool because they're supposed to be lifting their elbows and rotating their hips and they you know it's with swimming too it much. has to be one thing at a time it's too much it's not like biking where i would say okay you know do this do that oh okay you can see yourself pedaling to make those changes in swimming you have to over exaggerate the changes to make subtle changes because it's kind of like we think we look like like Michael Phelps in the water, but we really are so far from it. Yeah. Until you see yourself swim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. I, I that's so funny that you say that because um it is you know going to a swim meet um that my daughter is in you know I there's just there's all different styles in the pool and they you know they make it work for everybody right like my daughter's super does not have a very fast turnover at all I mean I'm always like. Yeah, it's like Esther Williams, like, come on, like, pick it up. Let's go. Let's go. You know, like just, she's just hanging out, you know, barely, barely making time, but she can, you know, she's that, that rhythm works for her where then the, the, there's some other people who are like completely windmills, um, you know, and they're just going, going, going. Um, and, and they're both, you know, I guess it, it depends upon your body type and your style and your um, ambition. <laughs> Super ambitious in the water. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of it is body type. I think one of the things that um, we have to be careful of, we just meeting the triathlon community, is pigeonholing uh, swimmer, tri triathlon swimmers, because 
if you have a really tall swimmer like your daughter, like yourself, yeah. like me, yeah. I'm not quite as tall as you, but I'm 5'8". Sure. Some of us, I mean, my wingspan, I mean, I do not have quick turnover. Yeah. Um, I might take 14 or 15 lengths per 25. So however it works for me, however you take someone like on the flip side, Coach Liz, who's 5'2 on a good day, and you try to get her to elongate her stroke, and she'll, she's a hot mess like that. She has to have quicker turnover. So it's really important that the person, coach, uh, friend that you're working with really understands your body type and how to get the most effective stroke for your body type. Yeah. Um, and that's something that Elizabeth and I can do on the, on the website. If you guys put videos up there and tag us, we can, we know that and we will, you know, curtail our comments to them. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. And I just want to go back to that one point about just doing one, one thing at a time per day, like one thing per workout. So maybe, you know, one workout, you're working on your head position, one workout, you're working on, you know, getting your elbows higher out of the water. Um, one workout, you're working on your kick. Um, and because it's a little bit like, like the form runs, um, like you, you focus and then you lose focus and then you focus again and you lose focus. Right. I mean, you're, it's not like you're, spending 15 minutes in the water just thinking about your kick but anytime you come back to something you know what if you want to be more efficient or you want to pick it up you think about okay i'm, I'm working on my kick today is that kind of what how you yes, would kind of exactly. frame that yeah exactly so when you go to the swimming pool um you know warm up and then you all have a main set in your swim workouts and then you can when we say drills focus on the drills that either the person that's local with you or Elizabeth and I have given you on the website page and just do one one thing at a time and have one goal for that swim workout. My, you know, let's say my goal today is to feel like um, I'm not splaying my legs, meaning kind of spreading apart your legs when you kick, if that's something that you need to work on. And if you can feel better, feel better and do that and feel that and engage those muscles, then that's a win for the day kind of shake hands with the pool and, and move on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you talked a little bit about um, transitioning to open water. And here's a question from Jamie. She says, um, so her half Ironman race day is April 7th. Um, so that's like, you know, two, two, three weeks away. Um, it's looking like I will have zero open water opportunities until then, as um, the lakes are cold um, and they have wet, cold weather hanging around. Any suggestions? Um, she says, I'm planning on wearing the wetsuit in the pool a few times to adjust it. And I've been trying to avoid kicking off the wall as much as I can. Um, and even closing my eyes to force myself to use sighting and not the black line. Any other suggestions? Um, so yeah, if she's not going to see open water before race day. What would you do? Yeah. So some of the other things that I would, and those are great ideas that she had. So some of the other suggestions I would have is, she needs to swim with some friends or gather some friends or family and have them all jump in the same lane and have them do some starts and some aggressive body contact uh, moves, swims, um, things like that. Where they're, What we used to do, which <laughs> we can't really do anymore, but we used to throw stuff at people in the pool. Um, <laughs> you know, we'd throw kickboards and we would throw, you know, water bottles. I know, isn't it? I know, I'm so mean. But that's okay. Throw I mean, all that stuff. <laughs> were, were the water bottles full or were they empty? I hope they were kind of mostly empty. But yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I won't. Uh, I I can't comment. My attorney says I can't comment on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. 
okay. I'm just kidding. But anyway, the point of it is, is, is kind of get into a situation where there's a lot of contact, a lot of touching, a lot of uncomfortableness, um, just like you're going to experience in the open water. Um, okay. The wetsuit is a great idea. The, uh, you know, really work on sighting and, and resetting your body position after you sight. That's really important. Um, the other suggestion that I would make would be um, do some sets in there. Um, and we have them in. It just depends on the timing of where you're, you know, the program and all that other stuff. But do some sets in there where you do 100 or excuse me, 200 all out as hard as you possibly can. And then settle into 100 or 200, kind of like the start of a race. So you go out really hard and then you settle in. If that's your if that's your race plan for your race, if you're just gonna kind of start in the back and ease into it, that's fine. But mm -hmm. for those of you guys that want to start hard, uh, that's a good thing to do is practice your starts for open water. Sure. And what about something like um, I was reading a book and I can't remember. It was just something I picked up randomly at the library the other day, but I opened it up and it happened to be um, it was like a self help advice book, you know, and it was about Michael Phelps. Um, losing his goggles at one point in, in some, you know, world championship race. And he still finished and won the race. And the reason why he was interviewed afterwards and the reason why he said he was able to do that is because his coach had him practice that, right? Practice losing your goggles. So, yeah. I mean, is yeah. there some value? I mean, that's kind of a rhetorical question. There is value in getting, you know, doing a couple laps with your goggles kicked off or around your um, neck, practicing putting them back on in the deep water, like treading water, that kind of thing, right? Yes, I actually really like the the part where you would practice putting them back on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of the things, speaking of that, that we recommend, it doesn't have to be done. I actually don't do it, but I recommend people doing it, is to wear one swim cap and then put your goggles on and then put another swim cap over the goggles so that if you do get kicked in the head, um, which happens, yeah. if you do get kicked in the head, your goggles may move, but you won't lose them. Um, oh, and that's, that's a, true. That's a major different, you know, difference, right? Losing your goggles is is a game changer. You know, kicking them off is is scary, but you can fix it. So um, sometimes two caps for sure. If it's a big race and there's a lot of people and big waves and all that. Um, but yeah, you can practice that where you take your gog your goggles come off and you tread water and try to put them back on. Yep. Yeah, okay. that's a great, great suggestion. Okay. And somebody, so so you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting out in front of the crowd if you're a strong swimmer and you want to kind of power it up at the beginning of the race so that you have some space to swim and, and get kind of away from the crowd. If she is not feeling like a super strong swimmer herself, I don't know um, Jamie's swimming background. So um, again, so first first open water experience on race day where, where um, if you're not, you're like a less confident swimmer, where are you putting yourself at the start? Yes. So if you're a less confident swimmer, there's nothing wrong with that. Just acknowledge that and own it and start in the back. So okay. let's say that there are women, you know, they're having a women's wave, all women. So then mm -hmm. you just and let the faster people line up and then just go in the back, let the gun go off, wait 30 seconds, 10 seconds, and everybody's gone. And then you have clear water. And with that, if there's a wave behind you that's going to go off in a minute or so behind you, don't panic about that faster wave because the people that are faster 
They're going to come up on you. They're going to accidentally touch your feet if they do, even if they touch your feet. And they're strong enough swimmers, they're going to go right around you. They're not even going to bother you. They're not going to grab your feet. They're not going to be obnoxious. It happens all the time. And um, I wouldn't even worry about it. The Just know and hold your position. Have confidence. And the slower people from that wave aren't going to pass you. So you don't have to worry about it. The people that are going to pass you are strong, confident swimmers that are not going to hurt you on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hopefully no one's hurting you. I'm hopefully no one's throwing you water, throwing water bottles at you <laughs> in the middle of the, um, the lease. We, we shouldn't even laugh. I know that that's, I know it's a very, um, it can be a very intimidating situation and I applaud people who do not, um, you know, didn't grow up swimming and, and try triathlons because that yeah. is a really, really, uh, impressive thing to take up as an adult in my mind. Um, okay. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what about, um, here's a, Jill has a question. When there are double workouts, do you have to do the required workout first and can you break them up into a morning and an evening workout or do they have to be back to back? Um, most of them I can do back to back, um, but kids and life, I'm sure you guys get it. So what are the key workouts that we want to make sure that they um, schedule so they can do back to back? So oh, great question. Absolutely do not have to do the workouts back to back. The only time that we would like them in your best effort to do them back to back is if we actually put a workout in there that's you run off the bike. Okay. Um, well, you know, and obviously the workout is written as a bike and then a run off the bike. That is a purposeful brick. So we're trying to get you to run immediately off the bike so you can practice that so that on race day you feel more confident in that but any other workout you could split as you wish and in theory you can do anything you want to first the only suggestion that we would have on that is we do prefer strength last because it does kind of deteriorate form and sure. so if you do strength in the morning then you kind of you know let's say you go to work or your mom all day well you're exhausted by five o'clock and so and you did strength so yes. we're kind of doubling up and then you go out for a run you have bad form you get hurt so in a perfect world, strength last. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. Um, we have uh, Jessica who's taking on an Ironman. Um, she said, let's talk about clothing for her Ironman race. So um, she's kind of, she said she just wore her tri shorts without issue for her half Ironman, but she's really struggling with the longer bike rides now. Is it crazy to take the time to change into padded bike shorts for the bike portion and then change again into my typical bottoms I would wear for a standalone marathon? Um, let's talk a little bit about transitions, especially in the Ironman race and what trumps. Are we looking for um, time or are we looking for comfort? Well, and that time versus comfort is athlete driven. So assuming, Jessica, that this is your first or anybody first Ironman, if it's your first Ironman, we're, um, comfort trumps time. So we want to be comfortable because you don't want to be miserable on your bike for 112 miles and be miserable on your run. And then if that's kind of overtaking your thoughts, then it will affect your ability to race and fuel timely, which is really important in the Ironman. So my suggestion would be to swim in what you'd like to swim in underneath the wetsuit if your race is wetsuit legal and then change into your bike shorts and your whatever top makes you happy and then change into your running gear. So that is what I would recommend for your first Ironman and for one that you, even if it's not your first and you want to be comfortable and not, not miserable, there's nothing wrong with it. Just practice it. Remember, you're gonna be wet. 
So practice it at home um, during your training workouts. When you're wet, putting a sports bra on. You may want to keep the same sports bra on uh, throughout the whole race because getting that on is, is that's you know. That's a pain. That, that's like <laughs> trying to like go with a python. It doesn't matter what size you're Yeah, chest. right? Uh, yeah. It yeah. pretty much sucks. So anyway, that's my that's my recommendation is to comfort over time. But in, if you're going for time and you're trying to PR, then time over comfort and you find something that you can race the whole race in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I agree with you um, 100%, but I think that comfort, especially if you're first one, I know, I know that it's um, Jessica's first one. Um, and uh, so I, I think it's important to make sure that that's uh, you are comfortable the whole time because that bike is a long time to be on it it's with shorts that don't have enough padding. <laughs> um, um, but it, that is interesting that the being wet part. So yeah, definitely think about what, how you're going to get your bike shorts on um, and what you're wearing under them. If anything, I mean, in, in Ironman races, I know Ironman sanctioned races and I imagine in other ones, they have, you know, um, closed tents for males and females. So you can go, change in them so if you need to get naked you can do that right you're not it's not like a transition area at an olympic distance race right oh absolutely Changing yeah. tents in all ironman in north in all north american ironman races yes okay so so they've got that going for you um the other thing that is interesting and, and what what um you say is funny um a mutual friend of ours jen that we have you know um it's, it's the husband of an athlete that i think that you coach um and she coached me brie um, you know, yep. I, he talks about, um, so he's fast, right? He wants to qualify for Kona. So he's not going to be changing his shorts or anything. He's also a guy. So probably it's not as a big of a deal, but, um, but he talked about getting little, those little wisp toothbrushes, you know, that are like, you know, on the fly ones. Oh, yes. and just brushing your teeth in between the transitions, which I'm not saying that you need to do that, but it's that idea <laughs> of like, you know, changing from sport to sport and, and it, it does get to be a long day and it's really like sticky, like with like goo and sweaty. And so kind of having like a fresh start before each discipline, before the bike and, and before the run, especially before the run, I think is, um, I don't know, I think it's just mentally important. It is, and you know, one of the things we talk about for the Ironman races is palate fatigue. So that toothbrush, in between T1 and T2 is kind of addressing a little bit of the palate fatigue where, you know, we're drinking for however long you're out there for, nine yeah. to 17 hours, um, eating the same crap, drinking the same crap, you know, it's like it gets, your teeth get miserable, you're miserable. So um, it's really important and not to sidetrack onto, onto the fueling for the Ironman and even sometimes the half Ironman, honestly, um, it's really important, one, to like what you're eating, and two, in the Ironman, when you're going easier, your heart rate's lower in the Ironman than the shorter course races, you can stomach and eat more of a variety of foods, and I encourage it because um, you get into a big, you know, think about eating gels for nothing but 12, you know, 12, 14, 16, 17 hours, it's pretty miserable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we we have not um, we've covered fueling. We did we have a whole half Ironman um, fueling thing that we did with Coach Liz. We did a webinar. We did handouts and that kind of thing. Um, and I I imagine that the same idea applies to the Ironman. But um, we'll have to take a look at that. And if you have questions, of course, along the way, Jessica, of course, um, tag one of the coaches on Facebook because that's obviously the fourth the fourth discipline. Um, Okay, so so like we said, let's circle back to Chicago. You get to go to Arizona and ride your bike outside. 
you know, this is the point in training that um, for many people who have early season races that you really have to keep your foot on the gas pedal, right? Like slacking too much now, um, you know, with, within reason is going to um, kind of put you at a deficit on race day. So, I mean, how do you on days genuine when you don't want to go or you have your athletes who might not be, you know, they're just a little tired. Like it's that mid cycle blah. Like, what do you, what do you do with that situation? Yeah, that's a, uh, another good question. And uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different because I think about, oh, my competition's in California and they're out riding. So for me, I look at it from that perspective, from yes. a competitive standpoint, but let's, let's, let's kind of backtrack and look at it from, I tell all my athletes when, when, and then we all have bad days. So one bad day here or there, just who cares, move on. But if you're in a streak and a streak to me is a week, if you're in a okay. week of, you know, ho-hum, boo, boo is me, all that other stuff that we all go through, weather related, PMS related, whatever it is, uh, we're not sleeping because of the kids. What I always say to people, and it's not, I basically just say the champions are made in the winter. So yeah. when we are really struggling, you have to remember the work will pay off. And be behind all this cold and all this fatigue and all this miserable cold is fitness. But you can't see the fitness until the weather gets nice. Um, once the weather gets nice and you can start racing like a local 5K or something, you're like, oh, my gosh, all that hard work is paying off. I feel great. And that's what athletes start telling me around this time of the year. Once we get out, like today's 38. Well, for us, it's warm. So people are yeah, like, sure. oh, my God, I feel great. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, because you're fit, because you've killed yourself all winter. So think about it. You know, think back to your goals, why you want to do this. And even if you're completing it versus competing in it, you still you still need to do the work the same amount as as anybody else. So just take pride in your work. Take pride in the process. And just remember, I promise you, it will pay off because it's so hard to get your fitness back if you lose, you know, two months of it um, by choice. You know, there's some people that have medical issues and other stuff, and that's okay. That's life. But Yeah, sure. Injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And it is, those those workouts are so glorious, aren't they? When you go out and it's like that first spring day, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, my feet are moving and I'm not even trying. Or you know, my, my wheels are spinning on my bike and I'm not pushing as hard as I was on the trainer or whatever it happens to be. But you have to put in the work, like you said, to get those magical days. Like there's no guarantee of them ever, but there's, they're definitely not going to show up if you don't do the work. Right. Exactly. So that's, so, and, and I think part of it too, and I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but you know, I'm a big believer in people and calling your friends and, and, and making yourself accountable to, to somebody else, make yourself accountable. Like, here's a perfect example. I swam, I swam this morning. I had a hard run today and I, I need to do a hard run and okay. you know, I'm working and doing all that other stuff. And so I, um, there's a track workout, which is cold here, but there's a track workout tonight by a group and they've invited me for years on and off. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. Finally, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this track workout tonight with this group. It's a fun for me because it's a different group than my, my normal group and my athletes. So sure. I'm nobody to them, which is refreshing. And, yes. and I, but then I'm, you know, it's pouring rain and 38 degrees. So I'm like, Oh really, Jen, can you just, so I'm like anybody else. I'm thinking of ways I wouldn't skip the run, but I'm thinking of ways not to go. I would just run by myself. Finally, I emailed my husband and yep. I texted my kids. <laughs> 
hey, I'm going to be gone tonight from whatever, five to blah, blah, you know, from this time. So figure out dinner, figure out, you know, so I'm just like everybody else. So make yourself accountable to people. Tell people that you're going to do that and and show up. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's fun. Are you training? What are you training for this? um, Do you have race, give your spring, spring slash summer race schedule dialed in? Yeah, you know, I'm just racing locally this year. Kind of fun. I did the Ironman last year. I did a marathon. I did big last year. I did half. So I kind of rotate. And my kids are juniors. So this is the summer where my kids need to go to colleges and we need to do some stuff like that. So I'm staying sure. local and racing sprint and Olympics. So it's oh I kind of switch every every years. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's gotta that's gotta be kind of refreshing after Ironman training. Yes, it is. It, yes. it very much so. I don't do Ironman too often. So for me, yes. <laughs> a little bit of a break. Awesome. Well, good. Well, I think I've covered everything. I mean, so we basically wanted to talk a little bit about the swim today. Um, if you guys have any questions who are here um, about the bike workouts, the run workouts, race selection, race gear, um, we're happy to answer them. Kind of raise your hand now, please. Um, and if not, you know, we've got a bunch of resources obviously coming every week in the weekly newsletter. You've got Jen and Liz on the Facebook page. Um, we'll turn this into a podcast as well, so you can listen to it when you want. Um, and thank you, Jen, for your time. Good luck in with in Arizona. Um, I hope your athletes do well. Thank you, Dimity. Yeah, I'm excited about nationals and excited to um, to run camps down there. It's just awesome to be in sun, sunshine and mountains. Yes, enjoy. Enjoy. Well, um, have a great time. Good luck with all your training, everybody, as you're listening. And um, we will see you on the Facebook page and on the next podcast. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.